thank you so much for spending a portion of your Mother's Day with us. And truly, um, there's no other words that we could say, but we love you mums. And we truly say thank you uh, for all that you are and all that you do. Yeah? Awesome. Well, it's just a a real privilege to share with you this morning. And, you know, Mother's Day is not always an easy day. Uh, My journey knows that well. And uh, I love to um, actually begin every Mother's Day message with a quote that's very dear to my heart. And it says, for the one who has lost a mum, for the mother who has lost a child, for the mum flying solo today, and for the one who longs to be a mum, I want you to know that you are not forgotten this Mother's Day. You are in our hearts and in our prayers, and we love you. And today, we don't just celebrate mums, we actually are celebrating all women. We love you, God cherishes you, and so do we. And it is just such an honor, truly one of my favorite days of the year, just to lavish on you. And um, yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited. We had a great first service. Um, You know, I'm reminded of a father who was uh, sharing with his little four-year-old daughter uh, his wedding photos, and he was telling her all about the day and showing her uh, the photos and telling her about the wedding ceremony. And he asked his little girl if she had any questions. And she thinks and she says, she points to a photo of the wedding party and she says, Daddy, is that when mummy came to work for us? Yes, I've been working for my family for 19 years. And a joy and a privilege it is, yeah, we would all say. <laughs> It's awesome. You know, this message today, you know what? It's for um, the women in this house, the single mums, the working mums, the part-time working mums, the stay-at-home mums, the nanas, the grands, the omas, the aunties, the sisters, the friend. This message is for you. And if you're a bloke here, I know that you will leave um, encouraged as well. Amen? <laughs> well, I'd love to read a portion of scripture to you this morning. And if you have your Bibles, uh, you can follow along or on the screen behind me. And I'm going to read from Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 to 10 in the Christian Standard Bible. And this is uh, Paul uh, speaking, um, and uh, this is what he says. But he, God, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ might reside through me. So I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecution, and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The message translation, I love it, says my grace is enough. It is all you need. My strength comes into its own. In your weakness, the new living translation says my power shows up best in your weakness. How good is that? Would you pray with me this morning, Father God? We just thank you for your beautiful presence in this place. God, what an honor it is to come and celebrate the mums, the women in our world. Lord, to, just, to, just to be changed by your, just worshiping you. Lord, I just felt that this morning that it was breakthrough for people as Sarah declared in our worship. Father God, you've already done the work. So God, I just pray you'd continue it this morning. Lord, as your word goes forth, that it would change us and empower us by your beautiful grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to come around the thought this morning. And if you don't remember anything else I say, I do hope you remember this, that if God has called you to it, he'll grace you for it. If God has called you and you are for maybe you're a mum here today and uh, you're like me, maybe you're a part-time stay-at-home, part-time working stay-at-home mum, what God has called you to, he will grace you for. I love that thought. And you know, I love this passage of scripture. It's probably one of my favorites. This little bangle I'm wearing says, my grace is sufficient for you. 
Uh, it's a pretty special scripture to me. But uh, Paul is writing this to us, and, and I just want to share a bit about what he wrote before the part that I just read out to put it in context. Because the verses before talk about how Paul had a thorn in the flesh. Now, this thorn in the flesh was something that uh, was keeping him humble and in touch with uh, his limitations. We don't know what it was. Uh, I like to think, or I think that actually I frustrate my husband so often that maybe it was a woman. Uh, No, just kidding. We don't know. We don't know what his thorn in the flesh was. We do know that Paul didn't appreciate it as a gift at first. And uh, we do know that he asked God. He was so desperate for God to take it away. And, you know, I'm really glad that we don't know what it was. Actually, I'm glad we spared the details because I think it helps us put ourselves in Paul's place. Do you find that? It's like, I can relate to you, Paul. I don't know exactly, you know, what that is. But, you know, we all have a thorn or two, don't we? We all have something or a few things that prod and poke at our hearts that actually, you know, we'd be quite happy, God, if you would take that away. But you know what? Maybe so far he hasn't. For you, it might be a difficult relationship at home. Or at work. For some of you, it might be a physical challenge or sickness. For others, it might be a difficult circumstance that you are facing. And Paul asked God three times to remove it. And this is God's answer that we've read this morning. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness. You know, the Bible talks a lot about grace. And uh, maybe you're new to church here, and we're so glad that you are here. But I just want to let you know that when it speaks of grace in the Bible, it actually means the undeserved, unmerited favor and kindness of God. How kind and how loving he is that we are saved, the Bible says, uh, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Not of our own work so that we can't boast. So we have this beautiful thing that we call saving grace. That's what salvation means. But in this passage, Paul is It's like he's building on that saving grace. And he begins to explain to us what another aspect of grace is, and that is called enabling grace. He talks to us in this passage about the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through a believer's life. And it is amazing. It is enabling grace. And I love that he just says, my grace is sufficient. And simply put, I think it just means his grace is enough. Yeah, it's all we need. It is all we need. And Paul didn't see that answer as an empty truth. No, no. Man, that was a truth that changed his perspective on life. And I pray that it is a truth that will change us. You know what? It's like layer upon layer. It's like, Lord, please let this truth change my life. You know, I believe that God's grace is most evident when we are weak. That's actually when God's power works best. So I want to share two ways this morning in which a follower of Jesus is graced. Number one in your notes, we are graced beyond our weaknesses. We are graced beyond our weaknesses. You know, I was reading a blog from the Parent Q app that Mike was speaking about this morning, and I love that we invest in our children's programs here. We want to teach your kids uh, the truth of God's word on Sundays, but we don't stop there. We want you as parents to engage in what they're learning. And so they'll often send home printouts, you know, the ones I mean, eh? Well, I kind of stack them by my bed and go, I've really got a good intention to read that. That's why I need to get the app. 
but I'm a bit challenged in that department, so I need reminding. So I've had these, these um, papers kind of sitting by my bed in April, and I finally read one this week. Hey, it's middle of May almost, but at least I read it. And in this blog, the writer, he, uh, she says, you know, no new parent ever sets out to make mistakes, right? We don't set out to mess things up for our kids. But isn't it interesting that in, inevitably we kind of find ourselves in that place? Have you found that or is it just me? <laughs> we kind of find ourselves in that place. And uh, I've wanted nothing else since I was a young girl to be a mum. But man, it has pushed me to my limits. I have made so many mistakes. Like the time our eldest daughter was, who's nine now, when she was five months old, uh, Mike and I took her out to a cafe because we love to drink coffee and go for sweet treats. It just makes life better. And uh, we, I ordered, sorry, a lemon meringue pie. It was my favorite. And uh, Rosie at the time hadn't started solids. And she's looking at my lemon meringue pie like she can't talk, but she's like, Mom, I want to eat your lemon meringue pie. You know, it looks so good. And so Mike and I, actually it was Mike, thought, sure, let's give her a taste. So we scoop up some of the lemon filling and the meringue on top. And we give it to Rosie, and she seemed to quite enjoy it. Until a couple of minutes later, her... Uh, tongue and mouth and throat started to um, swell up and get really big. And we're like, oh, my goodness. Let's, and we were like, oh, my gosh, she's having an allergic reaction. So we rushed her to the doctor, and it's all fine. We just found out really early that she was allergic to egg. Yeah, probably not the best thing to do. Whoops. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we grace beyond our mistakes. But, you know, more recently, we were going uh, in the last school holidays to Tauranga, and I think I was yelling at the children before they'd got in the car and before we'd left town. Last week, I was making veiled threats to my three-year-old that, to be fair, I would have winced if I'd heard another mother say them. But because I was exhausted and I was out of options, I said it anyway. Yeah, ever been there? <laughs> made some mistakes, and I think so often we are tempted to think that our failures and weaknesses actually disqualify us as a mum, or at least a good mum. But actually we're mistaken if we think like that. I actually believe that our weaknesses, our failings, actually put us in line with a great list of characters that God used despite their weaknesses. What if, church, our weaknesses actually qualify us? What if they actually qualify us because God uses flawed people? The Bible is full of flawed individuals with weaknesses and mistakes, and yet God used them anyway. Just think of Bathsheba in the Old Testament. Uh, you uh, might know the story. She had a moral failure with King David, and yet God used her to become the mother of one of the greatest and wisest kings who ever lived, King Solomon. And he didn't just stop there. He actually grafted her into the lineage of Jesus, like she became part of Jesus' family. How amazing is that? Think of Peter. In the New Testament, he denied Jesus. He betrayed Jesus. And yet Jesus still chose Peter to build his church. How awesome is that? And Paul, the writer of this passage, did you know he persecuted Christians, killed Christians? And yet God still chose Paul to write almost half of the New Testament. So much of what we read and are blessed by today came from the ministry of a man who used to kill Christians. God uses us, doesn't he? And he graces us beyond our weaknesses. Why does God use flawed people? I think weaknesses put us in touch with our need for God. I think weaknesses remind us that God is God and that we are not. 
And I think weaknesses uh, help us to see that we actually need, actually need his help, that there's a power greater than our natural ability or lack of it, which is so much the case in my life. And yet it's his grace that flows through the cracks and the crevices of my life, and actually it's through my weaknesses that he is strong. I don't get it, but it is the truth. Amen. God's grace is most evident when we are weak. That's when his power works best. There's a quote I love that says, God doesn't call the qualified. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He qualifies each one of us as we walk and step day by day, trusting in him. And he can use us in amazing ways. What if the very thing you think is disqualifying you is actually qualifying you to be used by God? What if your weakness was a, was a way to find new strength? Wow. What if as a mom, as a parent in this place, that you come to the place where you're like, actually, I'm giving my kids a front row seat to witness the goodness of God's grace at work in my life. That I don't have it all together. And these days when I, I make mistakes and I have to bend down on my children and say, honey, I'm sorry. Oh, mommy didn't do that well. Would you forgive me? You know what? I think it's the greatest gift that I've been given by my mum to witness through her weaknesses and her mistakes, God's amazing grace working in and through her life. Yes, please. I'll have that for my children. You know, the last few years I've journeyed through mental wellness. Many of you who've heard me share I would know this story, but I just felt that that was a weakness. I don't want anyone to know. I was so ashamed. I think uh, shame and stigma, some of the greatest, uh, uh, just um, the greatest things that can hold us back from finding freedom. But, you know, through acknowledging my weakness and getting holistic help, do you know what has happened? Is that God has used my weakness, what I thought was the most, you know, embarrassing, hard thing to go through. And he's actually used it to help people. It's amazing. And he's actually given me such a new strength as a result of it. Do you know, this message, my tools to mental wellness, has been is the most preached message I've ever done. I think I've done it like 12 times. I'm like, God, do I need to do it again? Really? Because <laughs> in my weakness, he is strong. His grace is sufficient. Some of you need to know that what you think is your weakness, that does not disqualify you. In fact, it qualifies you. It qualifies God to use you. So we're graced beyond our weaknesses. If God's called you for it, he'll grace you to it. And the second way we're graced is that we are graced beyond our difficulties. We are graced beyond our difficulties. You know, there's been some difficulties in my 39 years of living that really I would much rather have not have gone through. You know, I would be a bit like, Paul, please, can you take this away? This is too hard, and I certainly didn't appreciate it as a gift. Certainly didn't appreciate it as a gift, but many of you would know that we journeyed for over a decade through infertility and to have the beautiful family we've been blessed with today. And uh, we have two uh, children conceived through IVF, through fertility treatment, and, and one um, natural conception, miracle conception, uh, which is amazing. But during the probably real hard part of our infertility journey, we were living in Auckland, and we were working at our Howick and our East Campus, and we were children's pastors without any children. Let me just say that again. We were children's pastors without any children. Now, I know people didn't mean to be insensitive, but they would often come to me, oh, why don't you have any kids? I even had people say, do you not want to have kids? Like, do you not like kids? That's strange. You're doing the job 
this job without children. <laughs> well, it took grace to be polite in my response. But I got good at responding. Actually, I went to God and I said, God, I need your help. And I used to say to them, you know what? We can't wait to have kids. But we're having a little bit of a, tr- of a journey to have them. We're having some trouble. So would you pray for us? Would you stand with us? Would you believe for a miracle for us? And at the time, I was looking after the preschool programs. And I remember a Sunday where a mum came up to me. And she said to me, Amy, how can you look after these little children when you're so desperate to have your own? And it's such a battle. And I said, that's a great question. <laughs> And all I could think of to reply to her was a three-word sentence, by his grace. By his grace. I said, you know what? I feel like God has called me in this season to take care of these precious children. And I am trusting that he is going to give me the grace that I need to, to do this work. And you know what? He did. It didn't mean that I didn't feel pain. It didn't mean that I wouldn't cry on the pillow after church every Sunday. But there was an ease and an unforced rhythm of grace as I allowed God to work through my difficulties. And you know what also happened as a byproduct of God's grace working through me? That his grace started working through other people. Because I, we got an army of people to pray for us and to believe with us for four years. We didn't actually, we weren't living in Auckland when we got our miracle. We were in Tauranga. And I can tell you, we were overjoyed when we found out that we were having a baby. And my family and our families were overjoyed. But I tell you, we had hundreds of people who were giving praise to God because we'd included them in our journey. And it was amazing. I had two baby showers. I had one in Tauranga and one in Auckland. I have enough clothes. I'm serious to, to clothe a football team with the girls. To this day, these clothes get circled around and are still being a blessing. I lacked nothing. And you know what? God will use your difficult circumstances to show his glory, to show his great power at work if you let him. If God has called you to it, he'll grace you for it. Amen. So we know we're graced beyond our weaknesses and we're graced beyond our difficulties. But I'm a practical girl. And so you've got to spell it out for me. You've got to make it clear. So uh, I've got two thoughts to help you live a grace life this morning. I think Paul gives us a couple of keys. Firstly, we need to see our challenges as gifts. See our challenges as gifts. This is the message translation. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicapped and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. You know, the first sermon I ever wrote, uh, I was in Bible college and I was living in Kaitaira at the time. And I was, hey, <laughs> hello. Great place, by the way. I was 22 and uh, I chose to preach my first sermon on James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, <laughs> which says, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So, hey, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you may become mature, well-developed, not deficient in any way. I hadn't had many trials at 22. In fact, we were laughing this week because I was like, honey, what was the unbearable trial? You know, as my application... He goes, oh, I remember. It was that I wouldn't let you buy a new pair of boots. 
I was like, really? Was it? Help, I probably didn't get good marks in my sermon writing. I got good marks for delivery, probably not for application. But you know, since then, I've had some trials. Infertility, babies that wouldn't thrive. You know, church breakdowns, betrayal, mental wellness, insomnia, anxiety, depression, just to name a few. But I still think about those pair of boots that my husband denied me. Because come on, ladies, a new pair of boots just makes everything better. Is that not the truth? (laughs) It's true. Did you know that your shoes, you know, bar being pregnant and the feet swelling, most of the time, no matter how much you weigh, shoes will always fit you. Did you know that? It's a glorious truth. (laughs) Oh, But in all seriousness, you know, I think one of the greatest lessons I've ever learned is actually to ask myself better questions. To ask myself better questions, thank you, my counselor Mandy, my husband Mike, to learn to ask better questions. Actually, I've had to learn, instead of saying, God, why me? I've had to learn to say, God, what is it that you're trying to teach me through this? Lord, what can I learn from you? God, I choose to see this weakness, these difficulties as a gift from you. That I'm going to be well-developed, not deficient, mature, coming through. And my life is going to give glory and praise to you. I think that's a faith shift, isn't it? I think we all need help with that. You know, by by God's glory, he is writing a beautiful story with my life. And he's writing a beautiful story with your life. And he will take the weaknesses, the mistakes, the limitations, the setbacks. And he will, if you let him and choose to see it as a gift, he will show himself strong on your behalf. And he will take your mess and he will make it your message. He will take your darkest, deepest valley and he will turn it into a doorway of hope for other people. Come on, that's how good our God is. He takes our broken places and he makes us whole. Would we choose to see our challenges as gifts? And lastly, would we let Christ take over? This is what Paul tells us in the message. I take limitations in my stride now and with good cheer, these limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. The weaker I get, that is a paradox to the world we live in today, isn't it? The weaker I get, the stronger I become. When I let Christ take over, that means that I surrender. I surrender. I fully trust and lean on God because you know what? We can't do this life in our own strength. Trust me, I've tried And I try too many times. Sometimes I find myself in that place of doing it in my own strength. Yeah, it doesn't go so well for me. But you know what? When I let Christ take over, when I say, Jesus, I just surrender. I give this to you. Those are the times where he gives his enabling grace, the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through my life. And he does more than I could dream possible. And he gets the glory. He gets the glory. John 3.30 tells us, That Jesus must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. Let Jesus take over. If the team would like to come. You know, let me say this again, that God's strength is most evident when we are weak. That's when his power works best. But we've got to acknowledge our weaknesses. We've got to choose to see our challenges as gifts and let Christ take over. Does it mean we deny the pain? No. 
Paul probably, he took, I'm sure he took no pleasure in the pain he was going through, but he rejoiced in the power of Christ that was revealed through him. And I think that anything that causes us to depend on Christ and to uh, trust in him, no matter how hard, is actually a good thing. You know, when we lean on Jesus, when we trust in Jesus, he will always, always be strong enough to hold you up. You need to know that this morning, that he will always be strong enough, that he will be sufficient for you. In your insufficiency, he is sufficient. He is enough. He is more than you need. Amen? If God has called you to it, he will grace you for it. This morning I've talked about, you know, the empowering grace of God in our life, and that is available to each and every one of us. But I want to speak to people here this morning who maybe don't know the saving grace of God, who maybe sit here and go, Amy, I don't know this Jesus that you're talking of. Well, you know what? You can. You're only one prayer away from getting your life right with God. And his offer of salvation is a free gift. I've explained that we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. You know what? We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. We have weaknesses and limitations. And that's why God sent his son, Jesus, perfect, fully God, fully man. And he gave his life. He died on a cross so that we could be forgiven. He rose from the dead so we could have new life in him, purpose here on earth, earth, and spend forever in eternity with him. Hey, it's the greatest gift you will ever receive. And I want to give people an invitation who maybe are here today and you're like, you know what, I'm trying to do this life on my own. I'm trying to do it in my own strength and it's just not working. Well, let me tell you, you're not meant to. God loves you and he wants to know you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to give you a grace that is sufficient. He wants to give you a grace that is more than enough. So in this place, we're going to pray a prayer together because that's what we do here at Elam as a family. We pray together. And so if you'd like to ask Jesus to come into your heart for the first time or you've maybe been away from God, done things your own way. Don't sweat it. We've all been there. Just come back home this morning. So church, we're going to pray. Let's do that. Come on, let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, We just want to say this out loud together. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Savior of the Word. Today, I make you, Jesus, the Lord of my life. I believe you died for me to forgive my sin. I believe you rose again to give me life. I receive this new life. Please forgive me. I receive your grace today in Jesus' name. And with every head bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe coming back to God, I just want you to do something brave so that we can see, so that we can help you on your journey of following Jesus. If you prayed that prayer right now, I just want you to lift your hand nice and high so that I can see. If you prayed that prayer this morning, awesome. You're coming back to God. Thank you for the first time. Maybe coming back to him. Fantastic. Thank you, Lord. If you prayed that prayer this morning, and maybe you haven't put your hand up, please tell the person you came with or come to our guest lounge. We'd love to connect with you, help you in any way we can. But church, would you stand? Because I'd love to pray for you this morning. All of us, especially the mamas in the house, the women in the house, but I want to pray for us all, yeah? Father God, I just thank you. 
for every person here, Lord, every family, every individual. And I specifically pray for the women in this in our house this morning, Lord. The mamas, Father, they're so dear to you. They're a jewel in your crown. Lord, I thank you that you created us as women, Father, in your image. And we want to stand in who you say we are, Lord. We thank you for your incredible grace in our life. That, Lord, when life is hard and difficult, Lord, despite our weaknesses, Lord, your incredible grace flows through our lives. And, Father, I pray that we all today would know the grace of God in a fresh and impacting new way. Father, I pray that you would, I pray for those people, Lord, that think their weaknesses disqualify them. Lord, I pray for a revelation that they qualify them today. Father God, I pray for healing and wholeness. Father, and uh, Lord, that your grace would work in the crevices and the gaps of our lives and that, Lord, you would show yourself strong on our behalf, Lord. I thank you that your power works best in our weaknesses. And so, Lord, we choose to see it as a gift. We choose to let you take over, Lord. Father, I pray your blessing, your favour, your grace upon every person in Jesus' name. Come on, church. We said amen. Come on, we're going to worship him. Because he loves us this morning. How my soul was